0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Long-awaited debut at Euro 2020. Tomorrow's the big day. Stevie Clark's side kick-off against the Czech Republic at Hamden. England have just got their campaign off to a winning start, beating Croatia by a goal to nil. I'm Gordon Duncan. We're live at Scotland HQ at Drygate Brewery in Glasgow. And what a lineup we have for you this afternoon. Over 100 caps between them, Colin Hendry and Gary Caldwell. And goodness knows how many caps on this show, Hugh Kevens. I left Colin Hendry behind one night in San Etienne. 23 years ago, after Morocco had beaten us 3-0, and now I'm looking at him, Scotland jersey back on. We used to call him Braveheart back in the day, and now I know we're on the eve of something special because Braveheart is with us again, and we're playing the Czech Republic tomorrow. They're like us, they have their good days and their bad days. They took a 4-0 hammering off Italy last month, but in March they also got a 1-1 draw with Belgium. Some people fancy the Belgians to win this tournament, so... It's a massive night. One sleep to go. Colin Hendry, tomorrow you'll have to give up. You have to give up the title as the last man to lead Scotland to a major tournament. I'm sure you won't mind. Listen, it's a monkey off my back because people keep coming back to it. And the good thing is, is that, well, the downside of the whole watching and looking and hearing is that the guys are go every two minutes. I've come up on the train right today and my phone has never stopped. Hugh, by the way, I was going to ask you, did you run away from me in St Etienne? Because no. there's a few, there's a few, there's a few Moroccan lads <laughs> run away from the internet. Um, yeah, no, listen, it's something that's. There's a whole generation of people and footballers, a generation probably and a half of footballers that's missed the opportunity of not being involved in the Euro or a, a World Cup, and we're here. Downside to a degree is yes, maybe the limitation of the crowd and the, the public getting in to watch it, but um, hey. We're here and bring it on. Gary Caldwell, you've got the Scotland top back on. Colin Hendry's got the Scotland top back on. I've even got one on. We couldn't convince Hugh Evans, obviously. <laughs> he comes in a, a collar and tie at all times. A gentleman of a certain vintage. But how exciting is this next couple of weeks going to be? Yeah, it's incredible. Like Colin said, I'm that generation that's unfortunately missed out, not for the want of trying, but uh, to see the team get back there, the feelings and that kind of Serbia night, uh, watching with, with my kids and, and the feelings that they were getting from that. And and as we get nearer, the, the excitement, how it's growing, uh, you know, putting the Scotland jersey on today, leaving Manchester, getting a few looks as I, as I got in the car and, and was in the petrol station. But proud to wear it and, and proud to, to be a supporter and looking forward to that what a couple of weeks this is going to be you can still join in as normal this is your special Euro preview show here on Clyde One Super Scoreboard it's not often we get the pleasure of your company on a Sunday afternoon but I cannot think of a single better reason 0141 951 1025 on the phones you can as always tweet us at Clyde SSB and uh, just an extra incentive though for you to pick up the phone every caller that makes it on air will go into a draw to win a retro Scotland shirt thanks to Grieve Sports every night that Scotland are still in the Euros so I'd like to think you'd want to call up anyway, but maybe if you're swithering, that will just nudge you in the right direction. 01419511025. We are here until 7 o'clock, so plenty of time to have your say. If you just want to share your feelings, your excitement, your anticipation, we're here for it. You want to tell us your team lineup, your suggestions, your words of advice to Stevie Clark, we're here for that as well. And maybe you just want to tell us about what you've got planned 
for tomorrow. Whatever it is, pick up the phone and speak to us. 0141 951 1025. However, Hugh Keevens, I don't want to go a second further without mentioning Christian Eriksen mm. because we've already arguably had the defining moment of this tournament and we're delighted that the news seems to be good. Our thoughts are with him and his family. We keep everything crossed for a speedy recovery. Distressing scenes we all watched on television yesterday. First thing to say is that we are delighted that uh, Christian Eriksen uh, is stabilised. There may be doubts over whether he will ever play football again, but that's for another day. Uh, the most important thing was that he survived uh, cardiac arrest on the pitch yesterday. Personally, I was surprised that UEFA insisted on the game being played to a finish. I don't know how the, the Denmark players are able to get their head round the remainder of a football match when they have just witnessed uh, their top player uh, falling victim to cardiac arrest. I even thought at one stage, should there have been the worst case scenario, the whole tournament might have been scrapped there and then. However, best wishes to Christian Eriksen for a full recovery. Whether he plays football again or not is immaterial. This was a matter of life and death, and thank goodness he came out the right side of it. Absolutely. Best wishes to Christian and his family on behalf of everyone here. We are here building up to Scotland's curtain raiser at the Euros, though, tomorrow afternoon, Czech Republic at Hamden, and we want to hear from you. 01419511025. Gary Caldwell, what in particular is dominating your thought process ahead of tomorrow? I think the team selection is uh, a big dilemma for... Uh, Steve Clark, I think, I think we have a fantastic squad, and I think the the Netherlands game in particular uh, showed that when we had so many people out with COVID, yet we still produced a performance. Uh, everyone kind of fitted in seamlessly to the to the formation that we seem to have have kind of stuck to the three at the back, and and that looks to me like it's going to be the formation. How uh, or what personnel fit into that formation, I think, is is up for debate. Some some players are up for debate. Whether he goes with two strikers, I would like to see him go with the two strikers. I think they've combined well. I think Czech Republic's biggest weakness is counter-attack down the middle of the pitch, and I think Che Adams would, would give us that speed and the, the threat on the counter-attack to, to hurt them. So uh, lots of questions to be answered before kick-off and, and interested to see what, what Steve Clark goes with. Well, don't worry. These three have got their pen and paper at the ready. I'll put them on the spot for a team very soon. And of course we want to hear what you have to say. Who do you think should play? It's been a great debate all week. And this will be your final chance to have your say ahead of kickoff. So pick up that phone and let us know. Colin Hendry, what lies in wait for these players tomorrow in terms of the occasion? The chance to walk out there on their opening game of a major international tournament. A full generation of fans listening don't know what that's like for the men's side. What lies in wait for them? Well, they're history makers again and you know they could go, they could go another stage. You know, if they if they get it right, and we're all very <coughs> looking forward to hopefully that happening, taking it to the next stage. But they've just got to embrace it and enjoy themselves. Really, the players. I mean, um, doesn't come along as readily as it did back in the day. I mean, Hugh, we were talking about, we, you know, we were getting into every tournament up until '98, um, and I just think for the for the period, the barren period that we've had. You know, we've got, to, we've got to really enjoy ourselves. The whole country's got to enjoy ourselves. But for the players, you know, go out and enjoy yourselves as well and just play play with a bit of freedom. Um, and as, as, as Gary says, I mean, Stevie will have his team set out. They'll know exactly what they're going to be doing, take the game to the opposition. I think we need to win the game. 
I th- uh, you know, I think that's the game. And if you look at <clears throat> competitions gone past or gone by, you know, okay, we got we got beat. We got beaten Euro '96 nil nil by Holland. <laughs> that's as, that's as the best way I could describe it. I think the, the corner count was something like 12, 13 to our one or two. I mean, we even had B. Johnny Collins in goal, saving, saving goals yeah. with his hands, sort of thing. So, um, no, just uh, we do need to win the game and try and go and win the game, but enjoy yourselves at the same time. Colin, if I said to you the golden age, 74 to 98, yes, seven opening games, would you remember how many Scotland won out of the seven? It's a bit early for the quizzing on the show, I don't mind that. Well, I was nine-year-old, or eight-year-old in 1974, right. so um, I did watch it. If I recall correctly, Hugh, was it a 0-0 or the first game? 2-0, uh, beat Zaire 2-0. Oh, that and was the first game, right. Okay. And that was the so we drew with Russia, we drew with Russia 0-0. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was the only time from 74 one. to 98 that we won the opening game. Right. And that's why I think tomorrow... Gary, it's so important, the Czech Republic. You know, they are pretty much like ourselves. We're 44th in the world rankings. They're 40th. They have their bad days and their good days. But tomorrow, Hamden, back from exile, 23 years of it. Tomorrow, surely, is the one we've got to win. Yeah, I I think it is. But I also, just thinking with my, my kind of football head on, I think it's... Like Colin said about the Holland game, they didn't lose that game. It, it gives you a chance to get into the tournament. I think if you lose it, it's it's a disaster. So, yes, I, I hope we win, but I think the big thing is we, we do not lose the game. It gives us a, a start in the mm. tournament to, to kick on. That's right. where get, that's where get, that, in the World Cup in 98, OK, we're getting against the, the world champions, Brazil, and, you know, anything, anything, draw, you're going to take that all day long. And then, but as soon as we're beating the game, you're on the back foot right away. Yeah. You really are up against it, sort of thing. 01419511025, come on then, let's hear from you. How much are you looking forward to tomorrow? What are your plans? you got any grand plans to watch the game? Maybe you're fortunate enough to be going. And of course, if you want an old-fashioned football debate, who should play? This is going to be the last chance to really have that debate. It's been the one that's on everyone's mind for the last couple of weeks. Who's in your team? Pick up the phone and give us your suggestions. Don't forget, every caller that does make it through to the show will go into a draw to win a retro Scotland shirt from Greaves every night that Scotland are still in the Euros. So just a bit of extra incentive for you to pick up that phone and speak to the guys, 0141-951-1025. If you want to tweet your kindest regards to them, you can do that as well at Clyde SSB. Is there a retro Scotland suit for me to win? I think, yeah, an SFA blazer for you. I think you're, you're one of the blazers. But Hugh Keevans, the, the I, I must admit, I used to love... It'll be, the base, it'll, be, it'll, be the base, it'll be the base of rollers. You'll be dressed up like you. <laughs> the gold, the gold button blazers like for Scotland were amazing. I Probably used to not. love them, and the grey trousers, yeah. and obviously the kilt. The kilt. France '98 oh, was um, incredible. We'll get the inside track in the kilts very soon. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's go straight to the phones. Actually, Stefan is in the gorble. Stefan, what's your point tonight? Uh, I just wanted to talk about obviously the, the England game's just finished there, and you know they're again they were playing Croatia as we all know. But I was just watching it and thinking. I don't think Scotland have anything to fear uh, against these sides. I, I genuinely thought it was a, a dull, boring game of football. I was surprised by how sort of uh, uh, flat Croatia were. I know they've got good players in Perisic and Modric, but I, I genuinely thought Croatia would have done a lot better. And it sort of gives Scotland sort of hope to say, well, oh, hold on, we were thinking, right, we can, we can definitely do something against the Czech Republic. But we were, we were kind of worried about what we could do against England or Croatia. After that game now, I'm, I'm pretty confident we can take at least three or, or four points you know, from, from these two games. I'm, I'm full of optimism after watching that. 
I like to hear it, and that's the beauty of tournament football. Your Scotland fans are glued to the game today. Oh. Well, there's the England factor, but obviously to get a handle on on our opposition, it wasn't just England; it was Croatia, and. I think Stefan probably summed it up in a way that you, you lot would agree yeah, with. I, I'm trying not to disagree with Stefan because it is the eve of our return to the major stage and we're trying to be positive, but uh, we have nothing to fear comes under the category of famous last words for me. <laughs> uh, you have to be careful with that. Uh, I, I do think that uh, Croatia have become an ageing side uh, and they are not the force that they once were and at their peak they were formidable. And I do think that the time we get to them being the last game, you never know. If things go our way, they could be thinking about playing home. Uh, but it's got to be the managerial cliche. We've got mm. to get past the Czech Republic, first of all, one game at a time. You do get where Stefan's coming from, Gary, in the sense that yeah, it, it doesn't guarantee you anything. I've no idea what impact this has on our meeting with it, England. But you would rather be sitting here having watched that than them having battered Croatia 5-0, Harry Kane scores a hat-trick, they all look unbelievable. This is a better scenario, is it not? I'm not sure. I think you know England and Croatia would have, would have feared each other a little bit and they would have both went into that game a little bit uh, apprehensive about losing the game. And it, and it was a cagey affair. I think, I agree with you, Croatia are an, an ageing team. I think they are... You know, slower in possession than they have been in years gone by. I, I, with England, yes, I don't think they were great today, but I think they're dangerous. I think they have attacking players of real quality, of speed. Uh, they have options in attacking areas, and I think they will grow into the tournament. You know, similar to Euro '96, they were poor. Mm. They played better against Scotland. They were unbelievable against Holland, and I think they will be a team that will grow into the tournament. You're nodding along, Colin. Does that, yeah. does that Euro 96 memory <laughs> tell you that, that not to get too excited by the fact that England weren't sensational in their first well, game? Well, they weren't peeling up trees against the Swiss, were they? Um, whereas, as I'd mentioned earlier, we were getting battered by Holland, but then by not losing the initial game takes you to the next and gives you a chance for the next game sort of thing. Um, you're right as well. You'd rather, you'd rather not England go gung-ho today and win 4 or 5-0. Yep. Um, I missed the game. I was travelling up in the train and Gary's missed it as well, not seeing the action. So it's a little bit difficult to, to talk on someone that you've not seen. I did see the warm-up games. I've seen both England and Croatia in the warm-up games, but this is the real stuff now. So, um, But it's listen, England's won the game. They're going to be delighted, happy tonight. Everyone's put to bed for them now. Takes it into the second game against us. And if they win, they're, they're, they'll probably be safely into the next round. Yeah, we saw bits and pieces of it. You guys saw bits and pieces of it in here when you arrived. Hugh and I watched it here at Drygate. Stefan, what, was there anything about the, the teams though that, that did worry you or, or thought that we had to, to be particularly mindful of? Maybe five Stefan, can you hear us? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we've got you on. You go. Hello? Hello? Oh, yep, got you. Um, yeah, sorry. I was just saying, Phil Foden in the first maybe 10 minutes hit the ball off the post. Every single chance he could get, they were lobbing the ball to him. They then resorted to putting the ball over the top, which I thought the Croat part was sort of struggling to, to get to grips with early on. But other than that, I, I didn't see much to fear from England. I thought their goal, um, some might say it was taken well. I, I thought it was lucky, if, if I'm being honest. I thought the defending was, was poor for it. Um, but no, I, I don't fear anything from England. I, you know, I, I didn't fear anything the last time we played them and we grew 2-2. I don't fear anything for Friday. As for Croatia, I thought they were, I thought they were t 
timid in the way they played. I didn't think they, they offered much up front. I think uh, Chris Sutton tweeted on Twitter saying that Croatia didn't lay a glove on England. I would I would agree with that. I thought they were they were poor. So no, I, I again I don't I don't see any sort of threat coming from from Croatia. They were flat today. So I I I might be full of naive optimism, but I'm 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 feeling quite positive about Scotland. Something that is is very new to me because all I've known is sort of <laughs> glorious failure. But feeling feeling positive for it. Absolutely. Listen, if you can't be positive the night before a tournament, then then you never will be, Gary. I suppose. What you always hear that the narrative of the England game takes care of itself. You know that, that everybody knows what the, the occasion is. Maybe the more interesting thing that we learned today was was about Croatia. Maybe they were the side that it was it was good to get a look at. They are going to you know as, as World Cup runners up. Everybody knows it's an older team since then. Mandzukic is retired. Rakitic is retired. They've still got Modric, who's older, still magnificent, of course. Um, but yet yeah, the. the as Stefan said on the line, whether it was because it was England or not, they didn't appear, famous last words as Hugh says, but they didn't appear to be full of free-flowing attacking intent. No, they weren't, but like I said, I think that's down to both teams' respect for each other. Uh, you know, let's not forget these two teams recently played in a, a World Cup semi-final. You know, so they, they do have quality uh, within both squads. Uh, and I think it was the respect for each other that made the game a little flat. It made it very tactical from the bits that I did see looked mm-hmm. very tactical. Mm-hmm. Uh, England initially were a high press and then started to sit off later in the, the first half. From from what I seen, I didn't see much of the second half. But they're good teams. I think you hit the nail on the head. You, you take one game at a time. We've got the Czech Republic. England and Croatia are a million miles away in terms of our, our thoughts. We have to deal with Czech Republic tomorrow, then then focus on these games. Stefan, what about us then? That's what managers always say, isn't it? We focus on ourselves, that sort of thing. What? How excited are you about the group that we go into the tournament with? I'm, I'm quite excited. Um, you know, from just the way Scotland have played recently, I think since at least, you know, winning in Serbia. I mean, what, what a night, but... Um, even against the Dutch, I thought we went out and we played. You know, I don't want to use words like magnificently, but it, it, I, I didn't expect us to play as, as well as we did against the Dutch. And it's sort of an indicator of how maybe Scotland are going to play. Um, but um, I, again, I, I just I, I, I'm full of I'm full of positivity off of the back of these games. Um, and you know tomorrow, I think it's going to be a hard one for Scotland because you know the Czech Republic, there, there are no mugs, and you know before we go on and talk about England, you know we need to sort of beat what's in front of us. But I, again, I'm, I'm going to go back to I'm, I'm feeling really positive for it, and I, it just depends sort of what what way Steve Clark sets up tomorrow. I, I think will be key, but I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. I think we've got a great group of players. Um, a team that, that really play for each other, and you know, I, I think we're. I think we could get some success maybe out of the group and into the the last sixteen. But yeah, looking really forward to it. I like your positivity, Stefan. I'm all for it. Thank you. That was Stefan 01419511025. He's already into the draw to win a retro Scotland shirt from Greaves, as will every other caller who makes it through to the show be today. So pick up that phone. Let us know what's on your mind. We'll speak to Simon in Kilmarnock. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We've got Gary Caldwell and Colin Hendry providing their Scotland expertise ahead of Euro 2020 kicking off for us. 
tomorrow. I know it's underway already, but it's not really underway until we take to the field. So we're looking ahead to that tomorrow and bringing positivity. Don't adjust your radio. Bringing positivity is Hugh Keevans. This is the most positive I've heard you on this show in years. You've got Euro 2020 fever. Yeah, I, I just think that uh, the quality is there uh, in the Stevie Clark squad. Uh, I think that the togetherness is there. Um, I, I think the, the cards may have fallen the right way for us. Czech Republic, uh, a team that we can beat. Uh, we have them first. Uh, Croatia, by the time we get to them, uh, the third game, they may be a busted flush. So it'd be a good time to get them as well. And in between, of course, our friends in the south. Uh, what will be, will be. Um, but I just feel that we have the quality and the strength and depth. The starting 11 will be Stevie Clark's nightmare. Uh, he said today he's, he's picked 10. He thinks he knows who the 11th will be, uh, but he's not entirely sure. But the strength and depth is there. There are players who can come on. Last Sunday we watched Billy Gilmer come on and immediately become the best player in the park against Luxembourg. Mm -hmm. Nathan Patterson come on had a sensational cameo appearance in his Scotland first-team debut. So those are my reasons for positivity. But we have to take care of the Czech Republic and then use what we get out of that game to make us feel good about going to Wembley. And if we get to Wembley and have a tremendous night... We're as good as they are. Yeah, we'll put the guys on the spot soon. We'll get them to give us their starting 11 for tomorrow, and you can do the same. We want to hear from you on the phones and on Twitter. It is the eve of Scotland kicking off, Colin. They have been based at Rockcliffe Hall, um, part of Middlesbrough's training ground. They are making their way up to, to play at Hamden. I'm not sure if you can remember exactly what was going through your head the night before France 98, but how will those players be feeling, and what can you remember of it? Um, they'll be excited um, going into something completely unknown for them. Um, it'll be great. It'll be they'll, they'll be having a ball, them lads. Um, you can talk about the nervousness and thinking ahead in the game tomorrow and everything else, but um, that group and they look a really, really good group of lads. You know, taking aside the football, the ability, their achievements, they look a real good group of lads. And um, if they, if they have as much fun as we did back in 96 and 98 they all have stories they all have some stories I can tell you now well the good thing is we're here until 7 o'clock so you've got until then to sort of figure out which of those stories can be told <laughs> on a family radio yes, show I've already said to you that I will, I will promise I will not swear good. on live radio but you can give us a few PG stories before we, we go I'm absolutely certain of it right 01419511025 Simon is next up Simon how are you feeling how much are you looking forward to tomorrow yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. Hi guys, uh, how you doing? Um, yeah, so looking into the, the gate, you know, I'm really, really excited. The Scotland flag's at the window now. Uh, you know, I finally hit on Friday, I think. You know, I was really excited and looking forward to it in the build-up, but once that opening game started and, you know, Andrea Bocelli's doing the opening ceremony and then you see a Scotland flag in the background hanging up with other flags and you think, oh, we're actually there, it's going to be us. Uh, so yeah, really, really excited. I have that point on the on England and Czech, England and Croatia, and then the, obviously the, the Czech Republic game, if you don't mind. Yeah, listen, take it away. Let's start tomorrow first. Then, um, no, tell I take that back. Start with the game you've just witnessed and, and how you think that feeds into to what we're going to do. Yeah, I'm not too not too worried. I, I, I'm a lot calmer uh, than I was in the build up to it. 
I said before on the show I don't really watch too much English football, so I'm not a, a huge, you know, huge knowledge base about all the players. But the, uh, you know, I don't think England. I think they were really, you know, they seemed to play with a really slow tempo. I don't know whether that was because of the weather. Um, they started really quickly, but then faded off. I think defensively, uh, I don't think that will be the the back four that plays against us. I think they'll go to a three. Uh, listen to a set of English people. On podcasts and things like that, they seem to think the back three, if Harry Maguire doesn't make it, will be Stones, uh, Shaw and Walker. Now, I know Walker's quite good in the air for a, for a fullback, but I think Lyndon Dykes going up against somebody like Luke Shaw. I don't even think John Stones is particularly good in the air either. So I think that's something we could really we could really tap into. I think Croatia, you know, Modric is an absolute class act. For me, he was the best player in the park. Uh, he's excellent. If you give him time and space on the ball, he'll punish you. Uh, so if we can do something that you just got to hope, like Hugh even said there, that you know maybe by the end of the tour, by the the third game, you know thirty is he thirty five Modric? Well, you got to hope that you know he's maybe a bit tired, and we can uh, sit somebody like a McTominay on him and uh, take advantage of that because I don't see too much else in that Croatia team to be overly terrified about. I think we got quite lucky with the group, and uh, yeah, I'm quite confident going ahead. Yeah, Gary, this is we should not get ahead of ourselves. That's what we always accuse. English fans have done so, so we certainly won't do it we know they've got a, a galaxy of stars in an attacking sense so let's let's be clear about that no one's getting ahead of themselves I did notice a bit of a debate a lot of England fans were surprised disappointed call it what you want that whilst Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell are in the team he played Kieran Trippier at, at left back um, Tyrone Mings has not had a particularly brilliant season probably Jordan Pickford either again play this back if it comes back to bite you fine but you know there there must be Parts of that that Stevie Clark thinks that we can that we can get out or we can try and exploit. That's that's just football, isn't it? Without a doubt, yeah. I think defensively England are average at best. Uh, I think they don't know, you know, without Harry Maguire, they don't know if they're a three or a four and what the best players within that are. To play a right-footed fullback when you have Chilwell and Shaw, I think Chilwell might have had an injury. Suggests that you know all isn't well within that back unit. I think the keeper is a massive question mark, and I think with someone like Lyndon Dykes, we, you know, whilst I, I like to see football played in the ground, I think we have to bombard them at, at Wembley with crosses, not just lump it up the park, but when we get in that final third, put the ball in the box, test Pickford, test these centre backs, and and Lyndon Dykes as he's proved for Scotland, I think he's been a massive find in in terms of in the air against Serbia. He was phenomenal that night in there. The headers that he won, how he got us up the pitch, and I think he could he could give England a lot of problems. Colin, unfortunately, it's been so long since we were at a tournament, as everyone knows, that maybe the approach has changed in, in the way managers go about things. But thinking back to what you guys did, ninety eight, ninety six, how much of it going into the game was about you and, and your strengths, and how much were you mindful of of what the opposition could do leading into the game? Well, certainly the, the Dutch game, for example, 96 going into that with the, the array of players that they had, we knew that percentage-wise um, they were going to keep the ball a lot more than what we were. You know, and we had to be very um, re- resilient mm-hmm. and organised to make sure that nothing went past us, concentrating, etc., all that sort of thing. The England game is like a derby. It's a proper full-on derby game. I played with a player I played up against, Alan Shearer. Um, I knew him inside out. I used to kick him every Friday and train him <laughs> uh, against Kenny Deglish's best wishes. But um, 
So that that, that was a that was a difference. Um, but I mean, I mean, just talk. I mean, Harry Maguire's going to. He's been a miss. He's the one key player for me. You talk about Conor Cody and Mings and Stones. If Maguire doesn't play against Scotland, then yeah, maybe go a bit more route one-ish. Because I've seen Stones, I go to City a lot to watch them. Um, he had a, a poorish start to the season. He, he went away, he's come back, or probably over the last couple of years, he's going away, come back, and he's come back a better player, more assured, but still gettable. And I, I just think that, just listen to Gary as well, that, you know, yeah, they've got problems in that area, but we need to maybe, I wouldn't say go over the top and fill that area as much as we can, because at the back door, we need to keep that shut at all times, and that's been our strength, um, goodness me, for how long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you start, or you, if, you, if you don't get much away at the back, then you've always got a chance, because we're not prolific at scoring goals. Gordon, refresh my memory, you and I, Wembley, Friday night, how many years ago was that? That was 2017, I think. Okay, four years ago, we go to Wembley, we were timorous. Mm-hmm. They were terrific. We got going over. Yeah. Uh, and it was almost embarrassing. I remember the late, great Hugh McElvaney walking behind the two of us, and he was so upset. You know, you couldn't have let him need a microphone to ask him for his comments <laughs> on what had taken place. Uh, but that gap, for me, is no longer there. It was as wide as Sucky Hall Street four years ago. I don't think it's as wide now. Do you want to know what he, what he really wants to mention about that night? I'll do it for him. Right? So it was once it struck midnight. It was Hugh Keevan's birthday, so the game took place on the eleventh. Yep, Remembrance Day because there was all sorts of you know what what are the Scotland fans going to do when there's supposed to be a minute of silence in Trafalgar Square or whatever during the day. Then the game at night. He's quite right. We got battered three 0 back to the hotel. And by the time you've done all your stuff after the game, it's getting towards midnight. It's his birthday now. Colin Gary. Let me just tell you, he's fond of a glass of red wine, this guy, right? <laughs> on, on, on any occasion, on a day that ends in why. So the fact that it was his birthday, he was delighted. He couldn't wait. As I spoke about on the way back with the underground and all the rest of it, back to the hotel. The only problem is the Tartan Army had gone overboard in the hotel and the bar had been shut early. The look on his face, honestly, as if a three, you think a 3-0 defeat was bad, his night was ruined. He, but made, he made up for it in the years uh, Absolutely, and that's why we're still here today. But, uh, you know... The, as I say, the gap that night was horrendous. It was 2016, by the way. I got uh, that one wrong. Yeah, so five years. In the intervening five years, uh, the gap has narrowed. And Stevie Clark had the good manners to qualify by beating Serbia on the night of my birthday. And again, you wow. made up for it that night, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, Simon, let's bring you back in. What then about what about us? Let's bring it back to us. It's all well and good talking yeah. about the opposition. What about us and, and tomorrow? Yeah, I think it's weird if you'd told me a couple of years ago Scotland been a major tournament and the game uh, I was looking forward to the most because of the bad blood between the two teams is the Czech Republic game I wouldn't have believed you uh, there's you know I, I really and I know I'm not alone in this don't like the Czech Republic uh, the last couple of years they've really not done any favours for themselves you know refusing to join in the anti-racism when we played them over there um, obviously the, the Glenn Kamara incident uh, the Czech players comments even this week about that mm-hmm. You know, the Czech FA trying to get the game moved from Hamden even just a couple of days before the Euro starts. You know, I, I think I won't be alone in saying that if they give the Czech Republic a doing, that uh, it'll be you know very well received in Scotland. Um, 
looking into the game, you know, what Hugh was saying there, Steve Clark's comments that it's 10 selected. I think I probably agree with that. I think there is 10. And I think he'll go, I think it'll be Marshall. I think Hendry, Tierney, O'Donnell, Robertson, McTominay. I think he'll go McGregor, McGinn, Dykes and Adams. I think that'll be the 10. And I think the one decision will be whether it's Hanley or Cooper at centre-back. So I'd personally go for Gilmore in the midfield instead of McGregor. I don't quite think Stevie Clark will go with the Nathan Patterson thing. I know he was okay, he was decent when he came on against Luxembourg. I think Clark will go with O'Donnell. I think he trusts him more. I think he's seen more of him. He knows that O'Donnell will be able to carry out the, the instructions better. I just think he'll go with that on this on such a big game. Um, I think that will be. I think it's too much of a risk to bring Patterson in, especially the the you know the limited amount of football he's played. If he did a full season under his belt and would be able to read his game a little bit better, he's a very very exciting talent and he's a very very good prospect. And I think he probably will be Scotland's right back for a long time to come. Just now, I think it's just came a little bit soon. I think he'll be there in case we need a bit of energy later on. You shove him on if for maybe chasing a goal towards the end of the game. And you could get a bit of energy down the right. But starting, I, I can't see Steve Clark going with anyone other than O'Donnell. You say that one remaining position then, the centre-back, and you gave us a couple of suggestions. Who would you go for? Let's get the team nailed I'd, on as far as you're I'd, concerned. I'd go for Cooper. Uh, I think he was better in the Netherlands game. Uh, than Hanley's been. I think Hanley, he's actually surprisingly quick. Uh, I think a lot of people think he's, I've seen some folk on, on social media refer to him just as a big fridge. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't move very well, but I think he's actually a bit quicker than that. I think he's, you know, he's quite fast at, at reading the game as well. But for he me, Cooper's fast, Simon, he used to cover me. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to. <laughs> Colin, you're nodding as well. You've got a bit of experience. He's a former Grant. Blackburn player, of course. Yeah, I had Grant. Yeah, he was coming through the ranks, um, um, or he was part of the team. And when I was there as coach, and a lot of good things about Grant at the time. And yeah, he's he moved and he dipped, and he's come back now. Um, touching on the team that I'm selecting, I'm, I, I would definitely go for Cooper because. If you if you look at Cooper and Hanley, and we can talk about the other two, well, obviously mm-hmm. Tierney's one of them, but the other yeah. the other one is that because he's playing against a, a regular quality striker week in week out. You know he's played against Leeds beat Man City, and most of it was due to him particularly. But you've got to go there and get a result. Harry Kane, you're playing a quality a player week in week out. Mm-hmm. Grant Hanley's got promoted with Norwich, but I would say the the standard of striker is not going to be of what mm-hmm. Cooper's been up against and that's just a choice that I would go with. And just like that, we're into the great debate on the eve of a big yes. game. Simon has picked his team. Colin's given us a little snippet but I'm going to get Colin Hendry starting 11, Gary Caldwell starting 11 and one from Hugh Keevans as well but you need to join in 01419511025. We'll do that next. The winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We are live from Scotland HQ at Drygate Brewery in Glasgow as we build up to tomorrow's opening game for Scotland at Euro 2020. I am Gordon Duncan. Joining me this afternoon, Hugh Keevans, as always, Gary Caldwell and Colin Hendry here as well, though, lending us their Scotland insight as we build up to a massive game for Stevie Clark's side at the National Stadium tomorrow. I knew we would get there pretty quickly into the show with regards who should play and who shouldn't play. Simon, the previous caller, gave us a little bit of an insight into to his team. In fact, he picked it 1-11. to 11. Colin Hendry teased us with his. Let's see how we go. Right, Colin, take it away. 1-11. to 11. What's it looking like? 
Craig Gordon I'm going to go with. Ooh, yeah. a, de- a debate before we've even See, got to the outfield. And, okay. and uh, Marche last at the back end of the season and you can't rest on your laurels. Um, I think we've the squad we've got um, might have been a bit different than my day. I think there's a lot of players and you'll know more about this than any of us here, is that players of that, they, they were going to start. You knew whether, even if they were 80% fit, Funny they, you said they're, that. they're starting. D- David Weir was in on Friday night and I said, you know, did you get the feeling at France 98 you could play your way in training into the team? No, he said no. No, 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 that was, you're in 86 and 98, that was just it. And that's the way it was sort of thing. Um, I think it's different. Now, I mean, to, to the last caller, I gave you an example with Grant Hanley and Cooper and why would we go with Cooper. I mean, I've, I've got Hanley in the team anyway. Um, but Craig Gordon, because I just think, um, I just think he, at this minute in time, he, he, listen, Marsh has been brilliant. He's been great for Scotland, but the back end of the season, it's just not been tip top, is it? Yep, fair enough. Right, what's the back three looking like? Back three, you've got Cooper in the middle, okay. obviously. Kieran Tierney on the left and Grant Hanley on the right. Right, so you're going Hanley and Cooper. And, and the reason they'll say, well, why did you no go for a Henry? I said, because there's only one Henry ever, right, <laughs> going to play in that position. He's no getting to play. Um, I, j- I mean, Jack, I look at him, he's 26. He's not two years in, his, he's in his prime, 26, 28, 29. I still think there's a lot of things that look, you know, he needs a bit of catching up. He needs to catch mm. up, and you can understand. He goes to Dundee to Celtic, and then goes on loan. I signed Jack for uh, Partick Thistle at Wigan in 2015 for potential. He's one of the quickest centre backs I'd ever mm. seen. He could pass, but I agree with you. He's not quite. Is it, is it, is it Gary? The, the roughness, this, you know, the, the, the nasty side. I just don't see that in him just yet. 100. percent He was a. For me, a graceful. I, I, I really like centre backs that can play, and he was a really graceful centre back. I hoped he would develop that toughness, that ruggedness, because he's he must be six foot three, six foot four Big as boy, well. Yeah. He's just a perfect specimen mm-hmm. if you wanted to build a centre back. But I question that. You know, see, will I, will I, he put his face where, yeah, where you would put I, your I, face? You know? Yeah, I'll look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking at you, by the way. I'm looking at you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you've you've got players in that position that I'm quite happy. We've already got Kieran Tierney in there, so if he de- if he decides to bomb on, obviously we've got Andy on the left hand side. That's a, that's a gimme. If he decides to bomb in, then Andy just drops back in there. There's no big problem with that sort of thing. But the, the defenders defend for me the way we've set up and been in the past, and I think there's still a, a massive part of that in vo- in us as a national team, and. That's the three. Well, that's the three I would go with the back. Andy on the on the right. I would go with Forrest on the on. Uh, sorry, Andy on the left. James Forrest on the right. right. So you're going James Forrest. So the debate because because I'm trying to balance. I'm trying, but yeah, I'm trying to balance up that we've got. And you've got to remember if Kieran Tierney's in there with, with, with Cooper and Hanley, that it's not all blocking and 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 being defensive. But you've got. A, I just think there's a balance because I, I mean Forrest. We're at home. We need to win the game. We need to go at them to a degree. And I know Gary off, off here, you just said about the manager, Stevie, will have gone through fine-tooth comb. Every, he'll know everything about the Czech Republic and you'll be picking his team in relation to what their weaknesses are mm. and their strengths are. Right, go on then. That's sounding interesting well, the, so far, what we got midfield-wise. Yeah, you're three, McTominay and McGinn, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with Billy Gilmore. You're going Gilmore. Yeah. He's, he's, listen, and people say, oh, is it because... 
is he is it because he's he, he's got a bit of a future he's got this there's that he's just come back with Chelsea's champions of Europe you know and I mean okay people point at the, the, the point the finger about the appearances and everything made he's still in there he's more than capable and we've seen that last week although it was against Luxembourg with 10 men and everything else I just think with what I've structured at the back mm. we can have further forward so that's 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 your three there. Um, and no, I'm not going two up top. Okay. I'll go Shea Adams. Right. Ryan Christie for me. Doing the, the, the Serbia he's, role, he's, essentially. He's, he's done, yeah. He's done when he's, yep. most of the time, he's been very, very good for Scotland. Okay, Gary Caldwell, what's yours looking like? I'll go David Marshall. Uh, I think both excellent goalies, but I think he got us here. I think uh, the squad... You know, trust him. The defence trust him, so I'll go with him. My back three... I, I, I played uh, Hanley on the right. Uh, it was a choice between him and Henry, but I went with his ruggedness, like you spoke about, and his experience. I played McKenna in the middle for... I think Hanley's quick, McKenna's quick, and Tierney on the left is our... For me, our, it's quite strange to say this, a left centre-back is probably our biggest attacking threat... And I think when he goes, we could be vulnerable in that channel. So McKenna's there for his speed and dealing with you know, attacking players on his good foot and his left side. I think the middle player has to be a left-footed player because he's tierney been there. I went wing-backs. I went O'Donnell and Robertson. I think Patterson will play in this tournament. But for this game, and I would play O'Donnell as a wing-back stroke full-back, don't really attack... You know, most of the attacking is going to go down the, the left and he is there as a defender who Steve Clark trusts, who knows his role and will, will be a real kind of a number in that in mm-hmm. that back line that will help. My midfield three would be McTominay and McGregor sitting and again, Billy McGilmore for me in the England or the Croatia game will start. For this game, I think physicality against Suchek is going to be massive in midfield and that's why I put McTominay in there. I think McGregor, Tierney, Robertson, that little triangle combination, uh, they know each other really well. I think they've played well in the past, and that's why he's in there. John McGinn would be in front of those as a number 10 stroke kind of free roll to make the, the runs to, to support the front players when, when the centre-backs are getting occupied. And In Czech Republic, I've conceded a lot of goals from counter-attacks where he would be that threat, that late run. And then the two strikers I've went with are Dykes and Adams. I think Dykes has been a fantastic uh, number nine uh, target man. And, and Adams ha- has been a great addition in yep. terms of speed. So uh, they two are in there for that reason. Okay. Hugh, we'll get your thoughts very soon. Let's bring in another call. Although Jerry's in Tory Glen. Hi, Jerry. Yeah, yes. How are you doing? Not bad at all. You're not too far from Hamden as well. You're right in the midst of the action. What are your thoughts on Scotland's team for tomorrow? Yeah. I think the more they'll play for a draw and go for it, obviously, maybe try and get something to England, and it'll be all down to the last game. That's what I think. That's what I think. I think he'll play the one up the front. I don't think he'll go. I don't think he'll go for the three points. Honestly, I think he'll go for a draw tomorrow. What does the panel think of that? Jerry, I've never understood the concept of playing for a draw. How do you play for a draw? I think uh, that's what I don't think we've ever done it, no. Gary. I mean, I'm, I'm talking on behalf of you, mate, but I've never I, I, had to go into a game and play a huge, for a draw. Colin, there's a huge emotional groundswell attached to this. You know, it's 98. 
St Etienne coming back home I expected to see you two years later at the Euros and then I expected to see you in Japan in 2002 and we went we went into hiding for 23 years and he went to Japan without yeah. you lot by the way <laughs> he, he had to go himself and it was you it have was a plane not yourself yeah. no 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 I was just following England not for long <laughs> I, think, um, I think having been a manager you, you have to you play well I, I, I play to win every game I think anyone who's ever played football or played any sport for that matter you, you play sport to win oh. That you play any game to win but when you're a manager you have to identify the strengths and weaknesses of the opposition and you have to be wary of those strengths so in terms of you don't play for a draw but you, you have to try and stop Suchek if we go into the game and just play to, to win the game and attack all out and forget that Suchek makes late runs and he's really physical in midfield and don't deal with that then they will beat us given they, the, they will give us problems yeah. so you have to be aware of the threats that they provide but given the high profile season that Suchek has had at West Ham Stevie Clark will know him inside out and know that he is the number one threat and has to be accounted for Scott McTominay's job mm-hmm. probably yeah but I do think, Gordon, that above all, the the day dictates that Scotland are on the front foot and go and try to get a mm. win. I don't think there's any prospect of this odd concept of playing for a draw. Jerry, you don't have to run us through every single member, but are there any particular thoughts you've got about the team lineup? Who should play? Who shouldn't play? Uh, yeah, I would have the boy Patterson at right back. I know he's young and he's not played much. He came on there, uh, he was playing with that, the Rangers against the Celtic, a great game, and uh, it was a little friendly, we'd done no bad. Uh, I would tip the two up front, but I don't think he'll do that. Uh, Patterson, Robertson, uh, your midfield, McKinney, McGinn, McGregor, and Tierney, helping out there and all. There's the other one, a Donald, and Dykes, and Adams. What do the panel think of that? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not noticing too many differences. Yeah, I'm trying to decide which what what's the boldest call we've heard so far. So Colin changed the goalie, but again, is that even a change? I think some people would go Craig Gordon. Gary Caldwell has got Scott McKenna in there. I'd be surprised to see that. I don't think that will be the team. Right, that would be my team. Okay. Okay. team. I, I think Steve Clark will play one up front. I, I think he'll think play the box in midfield with Christie and McGinn in front of McTominay and McGregor. And, uh, and I think he'll go... Dykes. I think he'll. I think he'll go Dykes. I think he'll go O'Donnell and Robertson. I think his back three will be Hanley, Cooper, and Tierney. Hugh, what would your I, I, I don't be? think that Stevie Clark would ever pick a team based on sentimentality. But I, I do think Marshall, and I, I take Colin's point, did not have a bright end to the season. But I do think Marshall will start in goal. Uh, I, I don't think James Forrest will, will get a start. I think it will be Stephen O'Donnell. But, but I, you would personally go Nathan Patterson. I think you said I, earlier yeah, the week. Yeah, right, okay. I would, but. I, I, you know, I, I just don't think that Steve Clark will have Patterson and Gilmer. Uh, yeah, uh, they can't do. He, he yeah. can't do that. Yeah, he so that. why not? Obviously, the importance of the game. That's too much yeah. too soon. That I think. I, I I think Gilmer is the special one. I think this is the talent that has come along. Not to say that Andy Robertson or Kieran Tierney are not special, but here we have this guy, and this guy is. The one that's got everyone startled. So I, I think it'd be Marshall in goal. I, I would have Hanley because I think Steve Clark is a real Hanley fan. I would have Cooper. You can't overlook the kind of season he's had in England's Premier League and Kieran Tierney. O'Donnell, I think, is liked by Stevie Clark and Robertson on the other side. And I would have Gilmer. 
and certainly McTominay, certainly McGinn. Do you think Clark will have Gilmore? I think so. I, I just think that we. You have I don't to, know. I'm I not don't, sure. I don't, I don't. I don't think he'll play him. I don't. But and, and I'd go Christie Adams as well. Hmm. Christie be playing behind Adams. Interesting. Christie. Something about Hamden that Christie likes. Okay, it's a great debate. 01419511025. Do you agree or disagree, which might be more likely with what you've heard? Let us know. 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Now, after five o'clock, so essentially after this break, this is interesting. We're going to have your chance to be in the draw to win tickets to see Scotland against Croatia at Hamden in nine days' time. What a prize that is. We've even dedicated a competition, Hugh, to who's the biggest Stato, the biggest Anorak, the guy who needs to get out the most out of all our pundits on the Roger show. Roger Hanna. It is Roger Hanna. We've got the Roger Hanna Bonanza. It <laughs> took us ages to come up with that name. But if you come on and you win, you're in the draw for tickets to see Scotland against Croatia at hand. We will be back after these. The fastest goals. The expert opinions. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans, Gary Caldwell, Colin Hendry all here at the Drygate Scotland HQ and all ready to take your calls. 01419511025. Pick up the phone and let us know how you're feeling ahead of tomorrow. It's a great to get into that debate about who should play and who shouldn't play. But even if you want to just get it off your chest about how excited you are or, or what your plans are, we had some great stories during the week about, you know, were, were the kids going to get to watch it at school and we had various teachers getting involved. So any of that stuff. This is the night where we round off all the pre-match build-up because tomorrow it is showtime. And don't forget, every caller that makes it through to the show will go into the draw to win a retro Scotland shirt from Greaves every night that Scotland are still in the Euros. And like I said, a bit later on, we're being extra good to you. Uh, we're going to have a chance for you to win Scotland against Croatia tickets. Let's go back to the phones. The, guy just, the guys gave us their team for tomorrow. What's Greg in Solcoats thinking? What would you do, Greg? So... I kind of my my boy kind of grew up um, in the same uh, kind of boys team as Billy Gilmer, so I've seen Billy Gilmer playing since he was like four years old, and even back then you knew that boy was was going to make it. You know, you could see it in it in him. Um, he was head and shoulders above everybody, although he was the biggest one in the park. I think Scotland, if they've got any chance, I think it's imperative that they play him for the start. Uh, of the tournament I don't know who they take out um, Or formation they play But I think that they've got to fit them in um, I mean I've seen a formation earlier And uh, it was a kind of Three and then a two um, With Billy Gilmer and McGinn Behind uh, Shea Adams um, Three in the middle I believe it was Stuart Armstrong um, Scott McTominay And uh, Callum McGregor I also think that Nathan Patterson I think that um, he has also exploded onto the scene and I think that he gives us such a much different option to what Stephen O'Donnell does Um, and I think that you know these guys I'm going to prove today that if you're good enough if you're good enough you're old enough by playing you know Jude Bellingham at 17 years of age uh, he came on and also uh, Phil Foden started the match. Um, I think we've got to follow England. Um, they've done it in previous years with Michael Owen and Wayne Rooney, and we've never done that. Um, we don't we don't bring them in regardless of what their level is. Um, what do you think, panel? 
Yeah, I mean, Billy Gilmore is, is the one that's got everyone excited, isn't it, Stephen? Even, even uh, Gary, he's called you Stephen there. I don't know that happened. My big brother, that's um, a disaster. I don't, even know if, I don't even know if that was the Stephen that I was thinking of. I, I don't know if Couldn't I had, have been. There's a big picture of Stephen O'Donnell on the wall here at Scotland HQ. I wonder if that just got into my eye line at the wrong time. Um, Billy Gilmore... There's been a real buzz about him for a long time. I mean, he's at Chelsea, for goodness sake, and, and doing great things. But now he's in the squad, and now we're, we're seeing him in those cameo roles. Is he, is he getting you excited as well? He does, yeah. He's a fantastic talent. He's got a, a huge future ahead of him. I think it's difficult for me to, to kind of give a real opinion, should he play, should he not. I don't know him. I don't see him day in, day out. Steve Clark does. If he, in training, is the best player every day. If he's, you know, dominating McGregor and, and McTominay and, and McGinn and, and, and right up there with the, their kind of levels and standards and training, then he probably does have to play. But but we don't know that. We just see he's played a bit for Chelsea. From what I've seen, it's not quite enough. But like I said, I don't see him day in, day out. I don't see Patterson day in, day out. If Steve Clark is seeing good things... Then he, then he probably does have did, to play them and that youthful exuberance will, will help did you find that then because Colin was telling us at 96-98 things just were a bit different the, the team was kind of picked or, or it was nailed on or, or close to it during your Scotland career could you turn up at the start of the week and then by the end of the week you, you've changed people's minds and, and you go into the team yeah I always believed that uh, in any team I played for uh, but, but when you turned up for Scotland I remember my debut it, it was the team was in the paper and I wasn't in the team and I turned up, you know, so excited just to be called up and thinking, you know, I'm going to give this everything and, and ended up starting against France and, and got in the team. So, and now that I'm on, I've been on the other side as a manager, I think you have to look at training. You have to see how people are day in day out. You have to see what frame of mind they're in, how they interact with other players. There's so much, you know, small details goes goes into picking a, a team. It's not just he's playing well, we'll play him. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to look at all, a whole manner of different things uh, to come up with, with 11 players that, that you hope will, will win you the game. Greg, could you always could you always tell? Was there always that buzz around when, Billy so Gilmore Gordon, growing up? Gordon, I'll be a million percent honest with you. Um, I mean, I think uh, we have got our future Ballon d'Or winner there. Um, wow. I remember Billy when, as I said, he was four years. There was a few different teams. Uh, my boy was in one, and Billy was another one. Kind of like me and uh, a couple of guys were on one team. There was three teams at the same age group, but uh, Billy, everybody, uh, mean thirty odd kids, forty kids, um, was head and shoulders above the lot of them. I mean, you give him a ball at four years old, and he would day fifty keep the ups. You know, I mean, the close control. I mean, his dad used to kind of no put him up front or no put him in midfield because he used to destroy teams on the same age level. So his dad used to put him in defence. But even when he put him in defence, you know, as a, of course, young at that age, at seven aside, he used to just ping these passes and make these dazzling runs. And I believe that, you know, even for, as I said, for a young age, you could tell he was going to be professional 100%. But on top of that, I mean, I think he's nice done enough coming on the other night there. I think it's a nice trip down memory lane, Greg, but you're slightly over the top when you started the conversation by saying, if we are to have any chance, well, that's an unfair burden to put on Billy Gilmer's shoulders because the, the outcome of... To be fair, though, is that not similar to just saying that gives us the best chance, which ultimately is all <laughs> anyone's doing when they're picking their team? Well, as I say, the, the, the outcome of our Group D 
will not be dependent on one player alone. I do think Gilmer should play. Uh, I do think, as I've said, he is that special. I do think there's an element of the unknown quantity about him, so far as the Czech Republic looking at him. They've never had to play against him before. Uh, personally speaking, I would have him in the team. But the question now is, is Steve Clark conservative with a small C or cavalier? And that will decide whether well, you, Gilmer plays. You, you see, this is the longest, if I'm correct in saying this, Gary will back me up, that Steve Clark has had the body of players mm-hmm. because we've never been in a competition for years and years. So this is th- this period now with the two warm-up games, and I'm sure there's been a break. They've probably had a couple of days did, or somewhere along. Two or three days at home. But for that period of time, Steve Clark gets to see Billy Gilmore and other players, you know, routinely every day, like, like a domestic football club, mm-hmm. a domestic manager. And... We'll know tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to find out tomorrow because if he does think, as a lot of us do think, that he's a special talent and he's going to be something else, um, then he'll start the game. But that, that, that gives Steve Clark that opportunity to, to get to know their personality, their character. Loads who, of different things, Gary. Who, who they that. really are, what they're like yeah. at breakfast, lunch, dinner. You know, who do they interact with? How, you know, how do they behave You know, 24-7? Yeah. And that is the insight that we don't have. <laughs> that, that, that is a fair point. We, we don't have that. However, Colin, I think hearing from anyone who has worked with, with Billy Gilmore and looking at the way he's received at Chelsea and, and look at, you know, this isn't, this isn't us being, being biased towards Billy Gilmore, you know, from a Scotland perspective because we want to see him do well. Look at the way he's received down there and he, he does strike you as the type of guy that well, we can't, won't be phased. Well, we can't, well, no, he won't be phased, but on top of that, Part, talking about his ability, we, can't, we really can't all be wrong, can we? Oh. That's the key. They've, sort of also that, they've also got that nice little bit of Ayrshire togetherness there. Stevie Clark <laughs> coming from Solcoats and uh, Billy coming from Ardrossan. So uh, he won't get in because he comes from Ardrossan, <laughs> but he, he will get in because he's a heck of a talent. That's why mm. Greg's on the line. We've got the Ayrshire branch of the Scotland <laughs> Supporters Club here. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Greg. To be fair, he hasn't done himself any harm in the couple of the cameos that we've seen, has he? I'll just come back in and say that I think that Billy would relish um, if a nation, if he had the the hopes of a nation on his shoulders. Um, that's the type of player he is. Um, he's fantastic. He's confident, and I think, as I said, it's imperative that if we want to go through and out the group, then we start these 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 players. He's the best that we've got, so play him. Yeah, do you know what? I, I bow to your superior personal knowledge of the player. I, I, I tend to agree. I think he, I think he gives that off you. You yeah. get characters every now and then that come along. I can't guarantee that he has a good game. Of course not. Oh. I, I just cannot imagine him being phased by it. No, uh, and there's such a natural ability, and that there's a fearlessness about him. Um, as I say, we may all be barking up the wrong tree. Maybe Stevie mm. Clark will be conservative with a small C. Uh, and will bring him on as an impact sub, as they say. But I just think this guy is special. I think what's interesting about that, though, Gary, is we, you know, he, he has picked him, and I know people would say, oh, it's a 26-man squad, it was made a bit easier, but 
people keep waiting on Stevie Clark to be super conservative. Well, he put, he put Billy Gilmore in the squad. He put Nathan Patterson in the squad. He put David Turnbull in the squad. People keep saying as well, ah, he'll do this out of loyalty. He'll do this out of sentimentality. If he was that loyal or that sentimental, Lauren Shanklin would be in the squad. Callum Patterson would be in the squad. Liam Palmer would be in the squad. You could add whoever else you like. Ollie Andy, Burke Considine. Have, Andy Considine. Ollie Burke mm. has been in previous squads. People keep waiting for Stevie Clark to be sentimental or too loyal when actually if you assess what he's done in the lead up to this he's just genuinely picked what he thinks is going to be best for the team yeah I agree but I, I think what Stevie Clark has been throughout all his coaching management career has been pragmatic you know he, he's always been a defensive minded coach and I say that with the greatest respect for him I think he's a fantastic manager but all he's, I, I remember playing against his West Brom team got battered by them uh for when I was at Wigan, we had all the ball, we could not break them down. They had two banks of four, and Shane Long and Romelu Lukaku. When he he must have been about fourteen, but he was <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. Whatever happened to him? He's not bad, is he? And we got we got beat two 0 But he was a defensive minded coach. I played for an attacking minded coach, Roberto Martinez. We had all the ball, but they won the game, and and that's why I say it with the greatest respect because he's he's brilliant at what he does. But he does always err on the side of being more defensive, more organised yeah, rather than, than, than going and attacking and that's what leads me to think Billy Gilmore might not start It's interesting one throughout the week I said, you know, this is Sunday, this is our big Euros build up, we're, we're kind of trying to round off all the arguments and debates Colin that we had throughout the week and one that was great and it got everyone going because we're looking for a, de- a definitive I think it was midweek we said to callers who is Scotland's most irreplaceable player? Who is the one man, the first name in the team sheet, the guy that has to play above everyone else? Who do you think is our most important player? Oh, gee. Because we've got a few. Anyone got one that springs McGinn. to mind? McGinn. Okay. McGinn. Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson. Captain. Leader. McGinn for me. Okay. But the thing that pleased me most about the debate is... We're all wrong. <laughs> There's so many, so many different yeah, options. Yeah, you know? well, you've just put me on the spot there, and I'm thinking, hold on a minute, Kian Tierney's ripping it up at Arsenal. Yeah. Andy Roberts has done what he's done. John's done McGinn at Villa. McTominay, even, you know, he's probably yeah. United's best player in the, in the cup final there just then against Villarreal. Mm-hmm. So you really did put me on the spot. But you, you, and who was it? Who, well, was so, so it was an open, it was open, right, kind of open, open I think, debate. I think Tierney got more mentions on the phone than you three gave him credit for there. But that's fine. It's all, all about opinions. Some, I've quite a few actually, and again, how you can spin these things, said Shea Adams, because they feel, well, he, he is a real goal threat. And if he's not there, you know, do, do we have the same quality in attack? So there was... But that was a good thing, Hugh. You know, oh. it's not like you've got one player just. I one think it's standard. a finishing with Shea Adams, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's it's really the, the finishing. I mean, I think that's a problem. We played we played Luxembourg just then, and the, the lad got sent off, and and Lyndon Dyke said quite critical on TV about him and the chances of the half chances that you had and didn't take them, and whereas Shea Adams. Is a you know he's he's proven at that level, yeah. Premiership level sort he's, of thing. He's got two goals already for Scotland. I think yeah. his two. last eleven games he had one and two for Southampton. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's on form. See, in Robertson, Champions League winner. In Gilmer, Champions League winner. In Tierney, outstanding Premier League player. Cooper, outstanding for Leeds. We have that McTominay, McTominay. outstanding mm-hmm. for Manchester United, but. It's up front that we don't have one of those. A genuine top drawer, stick-on goal scorer. So we you're taking to. us back 20 years, aren't you? <laughs> you're <laughs> taking us back 96, 98. Listen, 
Griffiths. Coach, they couldn't move, by the way. Griffiths could. <laughs> Griffiths. He'll not. He'll not. He'll not have a go at me <laughs> if I say that. I tell him that anyway. Well, he's probably quicker now than when he was then. Mind you, only sixteen now. But um, you know, Waste. Griffiths at one time was our best bit of a goal, and then Griffiths lost his way, and he lost his way at Celtic. Couldn't get a game. He should be in this squad, but he wasn't mm. professional enough. Even at that, for, for various reasons, there was a time when he probably, well, definitely should have been picked more than he was, but, and, and now what's happened recently, Lee Griffiths has never really been Scotland's go-to guy. For You're talking the odd game here or there, but for uh -huh. a sustained period, it's been a while since we had someone at that end of the pitch operating at Shea Adams' level, is it not? Well, I, I, I have nothing against Shea Adams. I think that, uh, you know, the, the goal against Luxembourg shows a, a nice natural ability in front of goal. Uh, but as I say, Robertson is absolutely top drawer, as sure. is Tierney, as is Gilmer, hmm. uh, as is McTominay. We don't have a forward that is out of that absolute top drawer, a striker. There are games going on at the moment, not anywhere near as important as ours tomorrow, of course, but Austria have just taken the lead against North Macedonia, 18 Quality minutes on the well. clock. We got a good look <laughs> at Austria recently, of course, in that game at Hamden. They've taken the lead, Garrick. Yeah, it was a fantastic crossfield ball and a brilliant finish. And that's, you know, just what we're talking about, about strikers, the, the quality in front of goal, the calmness to a one-touch finish. It looks like the, the wing-back or the wide player coming in off the line. It's a brilliant volley. I'm in, a, I'm in the two-pound seats here, so I've never seen it. <laughs> You've got a, a restricted view. I've You've just missed it again. I've got eyes in the back of my head. And you need to get in quick. front of you, Colin. You can't play side on. Eh? <laughs> did they, did that's why I, uh, I failed as a manager. Did they have a cinema in Keith when you were growing up? Oh, you mentioned Keith, you go on. Tell me a story about Keith. I don't know. I did. The only thing I know about Keith is that you were born there. I was born there. I'll tell you something really quick. Population's about three and a half, three and a half to 4,000 people. It's all whiskey industry and everything uh -huh. else. Out of that 4,000 4, population, there are 29 licensed premises <laughs> in Keith. Can you imagine that? And I left when I was 16, 17. I think that's maybe because of, well, my life's my life. I've managed to live through it. The Keith Tourist Board will be delighted that we've given them <laughs> a good mention. Right? I, might not, I might not get back in now no, that I I've mentioned that. Out. I think you're locked out. Right, I've been looking forward to this. It's the Roger Hanna Bonanza. Seriously, the Roger Hanna Bonanza. How long did it take us to come up with that? He is our biggest anorak on the show. Uh, so we thought we would give him credit where it's due. And we've got your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Scotland play Croatia. How good is that? Gary Caldwell turned to me at the last break and said, how do we get involved? Well, he can't, but you can. It's all thanks to Heineken, official sponsor of Euro 2020, available at Key Store. Please enjoy responsibly, though. Roger is going to give you some clues to a player who's been picked by their country to play at the Euros. Two callers are going to join us on air and they'll buzz in when they think they know who the player is. So it's pretty simple. The winner will get a Euro 2020 Heineken hamper worth over £100 regardless. And then, on top of that, on Friday, one of our four winners from this week will be upgraded to a pair of tickets to see Scotland take on Croatia next week at Hamden. What a prize that is. Now, to take part, here's what you need to do. Pick up your phone, dial 0141 951 1025 to play the Roger Hanna Bonanza with Clyde One and Heineken. You've got until the end of this next ad break, so don't hang about. You need to be 18 or over to enter. All the T's and C's can be found at Clyde1.com. Scottish football's league leader. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gary Caldwell, Colin Hendry, Hugh Keevans, all here at Scotland HQ at the Drygate Brewery. We've got lots going on. We're building up to tomorrow, of course, Scotland against the Czech Republic. So keep your team 
line-up suggestions coming in, share your excitement. You're, I'm, I've not heard anyone's plans yet. Anyone got special plans? Maybe you've dragged the TV outside, you've set up your own fan zone. Maybe, in fact, maybe you're going to the game. I don't know why I've overlooked that. It would be lovely to hear uh, from someone who's lucky enough to have tickets. So pick up the phone and let us know. 01419511025. Now, Matt and Pollock has been waiting patiently. My apologies, Matt. What's your point tonight? My point is uh, to the, the boys that uh, sentimentation, sentimental. You don't win matches with sentiment. For me, I've picked a team out tomorrow. It's full of youth and pace to go out to check the public because with England winning a day three nothing, I think a win tomorrow would see us through more or less to the next round. And I went with Gordon, Patterson, Robertson, Cooper, Tierney, Hendry, McTominay, Gilmer, McGinn, Dykeson. Dykes up front with Ryan Fraser for pace playing off him because Lyndon Dykes always missed a couple of chances. He's the kind of boy who gives you 100%. He'll bombard people. He'll shove them out the way to make space for the boys coming from midfield. I tell you what, that again maybe highlights the, the strength and depth that we do have all of a sudden because Colin, Gary, Hugh all gave us their team. We've had numerous callers giving us theirs. And no one's yet mentioned Ryan Fraser, yeah. oh. who not only operates at a good level, granted he's not played a lot of football recently, but he's, actually been, he's been good for Scotland as well, Colin. Can he offer something? Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah, of course. I mean, pace, and, and but it's maybe just the amount of football that he has played. Yep. <clears throat> and again, Steve Clark will be, it'll be a consideration. He'll be looking at that, I'm sure he will be. I mean, I've gone for Ryan, Chris, uh, Ryan Christie. I think um, the lads have gone with two up top, with Shea Adams and uh, Lyndon Dykes. Um, the options are good. That's mm. the that's the thing about it. You know, we've got it's good options. It's strange being this positive, isn't it? Well, if you if you go back to '96 and '98, I mean, we had Gordon Jury, Juki would play up there on his own, and you 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 look and wonder about where maybe the goals are going to come from because he wasn't he wasn't you know outstanding outstanding at scoring goals, but he did a job not unlike a Lyndon Dykes does for us now sort of thing. Um, the goals is I think is going to be the key for us. Well, it's a goal. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a stupid thing to say. Goals are key for any day to win a game well, of football. To find I get that. that. Edge. But it's just something that we've we've never been in abundance with. Mm-hmm. Fraser was very unlucky. You know, he, he was doing really well, club and country, and then the injury came along, surgery came along, uh, and it stalled his uh, bid to get a starting place. But the, you know, again, he's odds, odds against, but. If he appeared on the part, he wouldn't be unhappy. But again, Gary, that's it, isn't it? Rather than this being critical of Ryan Fraser, all this is is a compliment to everyone else that, that Hugh thinks it's unlikely or that you guys haven't mentioned it. Because if he wasn't aimed at, what will it be, quarter to one tomorrow or whatever, if the team comes out, I'm not sure people would be overly disappointed about it. No, and I think a big thing in modern day football as well is the subs. You know, so many games are decided by the substitutes, so... Uh, whilst you know the living is important, the starting team is important. The subs and the impact they make in the game is, you know, as equally as important in my opinion. So Ryan Fraser, you know, if if he's not in the pitch and then he comes on, he's a great sub, a great impact to the game. When people are getting tired, he's got that pace. Uh, so I think the whole squad has a part to play, and everyone has to be ready mm. for that moment. Matt, what are the plans tomorrow? You don't tell me you're at work and you're going to have to try and. S- no, sneak a, a phone or a radio <laughs> under the desk No, I bought a fly one I put in for a week's holiday Because of the Euros in Royal Ascot But uh, the thing I'm looking for tomorrow Is uh, to sit with my sons My older boys are 34 and 32 
and my younger boys are 25 and 19 who have never really seen Scotland in a tournament. And for me to sit in my living room tomorrow with my son seeing Scotland playing, it's kind of fluttering my heart. And we're talking about it, eh? it'd, be, it'd be something special, you know. It's really something special. And for the boys to go and do it tomorrow, it'd, it'd just top the whole thing off for me. Do you know what, Matt? That that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, you've yeah, got, and by the way, you've got your priorities in the right order. A week off, a week off work, Gary. This, this guy has thought this through. Oh. Yeah, it's fantastic, and I, and I agree. I'm I'm similar myself. My son's fourteen, eleven. My little girl's eight, and to watch it with them, and you know, put the flags up and get the strips on, and like I said, I've said it before. My two youngest were born in England, and my my son was very close to. to he wanted an England strip for his Christmas. <laughs> Until oh, we are. sat and watched the Serbia game <laughs> together, and then after it, he said, "Dad, I want a Scotland top." So Thank that goodness. was. What are orders, I've got, I've got two. I've got two and two as well, Gary. I've got two born in England, two born in Scotland, but not a chance were they getting to even <laughs> consider that. <laughs> children, children, children of brave heart. They get, put, they, they, they get put to they get put to bed right away for that. <laughs> were you uh, what what the age again, Colin? Were your kids? Oh, my at, children at, now. At, 31, 20, 31, about to be thirty. Any of them at the tournaments that you played in? Well, the youngest two were three and five, four and six, uh, Euro 96, four and six. They, so they were at the game. Um, my daughter, Reagan, she's she's 30 plus now and she had a wee faint before the game. So she had to go to the, the wee hospital bit outside and she fainted. But that was more to do with the temperatures and the, I mean, obviously there's a, I think there's about 100,000 at the game. So, yeah, they but they can't remember that really at that yeah. age. Sort of thing. So now this week, with what's happened, with everyone's been on TV as well as the build-up, um, the kids are like, because again, they've they've missed out on it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're early twenties and early thirties, sort of thing, and this is something new to them. The they, can, they, they can remember the campaign up here, Colin. You you you'll have missed it down south, but the, uh, a little girl started a campaign to get the game piped into the classrooms and. The, the I heard about the school queues, yeah. yeah. So the kids off are on then. Are they, uh, they going to go I think they are on. And, depend, and we had yeah. loads of teachers phoning in the other night saying, ah, I'm going to put the TV on for the class. And I think some schools have tried to resist. but Yeah, but the, the, the campaign that. was started by a wee girl who went to the same school that John McGinn attended, right. uh, which gave it greater traction. Uh, and now, you know, it's tremendous. My two youngest grandkids, five and seven, they're going to be watching it in the, the school tomorrow. And then home at half time but they're not talking to me because I won't be there to sit with them through it. I'll be here with you. You will. Sorry about so, that. But uh, that's the kind of thing that's going on, Gordon. You know, the, the youngest one's five, uh, and these two qualify to play for Scotland or Denmark. Uh, so they're, they're in about this tomorrow. Yeah. Brilliant. Honestly, Matt, I hope you really enjoy it. Hopefully we get the result that, that the, the occasion deserves as well. But hopefully you and your, your kids enjoy it anyway. Good man. Right, thank you, boy. That was Matt in Pollock. Right, I'm looking forward to this. It's time for this one. It's the Roger Hanna Bonanza. I think I'm going to get used to the name of that competition by the end of the week. I I don't think so, Um, but we'll see how we get on. We are going to play the Roger Hanna Bonanza. All thanks to Heineken, we've got your chance to see Scotland play Croatia. We're all talking about watching it in classrooms or fan zones. You can go to the game. We've got a pair of tickets here now. Roger... 
has got clues to a player who's been selected by their country to play in Euro 2020, any country. Two callers are going to join us on air and buzz in when they know who the player is. The winner will get a Euro 2020 Heineken hamper worth over £100. So if you win today, you've won already. But then everyone who wins this week goes into the hat for an upgraded prize, a pair of tickets to see Scotland take on Croatia at Hamden in nine days' time. Right, here are the, the lucky contestants on line A we've got Darren from Eldersley how's it going Darren? Aye not bad mate not bad for yourself not bad at all really looking forward to the next couple of weeks how are you feeling about it? Aye optimistic I think I think we can qualify anyway for the group hopefully good enough absolutely I'll tell you what you might even be at the, the game that decides it but you need to get past Phil from Pollock first how's it going at your end Phil? Yep not bad not bad good stuff right here's the deal here's the important part Roger Hanna's going to give you the clues one by one. If you know who the player is from the clues Roger gives you, you must buzz in with your name. If you just shout the player's name, I can't take that answer. Got that? Yeah, yep. no bother. Right, so I'm going to give you the clue. If you think you know who it is, say Darren or Phil. Producer Callum will be the bad guy. He'll tell us who was first and uh, you'll get the chance. Obviously, if you don't know it after the first clue, I'll just play the second and the third and so on. Are you happy with that? Yep, yep, perfect. Right, here's a wee practice run. I'm treating you like absolute nursery age children here, right? Let's hear you use. So, let's say I've given you the first clue. Darren, what are you going to shout? Darren. <laughs> could, not be, could not be simpler, right, Phil? You've got a lot to live up to. Can you, can you repeat your own name back to me? Yep, Phil. Oh, these two are pros, honestly. What, what, what a line-up. <laughs> got Positivity, I'll lads. just shout freedom, eh? <laughs> uh, they are the hypnosis. <laughs> now, if you bu- here's another important thing. If you buzz in and you're wrong, the other caller gets all five clues. So you're going to need to think about this carefully. Right, so here's the deal. Now, remember, it is a player who's playing at this Euro 2020 tournament. Roger, Hannah, give us clue number one, please. I played in a major European final this season for my club. Okay, the guys have stayed silent, that's fine. Just feeling their way into it. Roger Hanna, can we get clue number two? I was born in Lancaster. Still nothing, you two? No. Nope. Okay, that's fine. Clue number three. For my club team, I wear the number 39 on my shirt. Oh, it's getting nervous. I'm just waiting for still nothing. Okay, clue number four. I've played both centre-back and central midfield for my country. Still nothing Right It's all going down to the last clue Here it is Clue number five My first name is Scott And surname begins with Mac Darren Phil first according to producer Callum Phil what's the name? Scott McTominay Scott McTominay Well done it was close Apologies Darren But Phil you were just first through According to producer Callum You blame him You don't blame me That's the way it works I'm very selfish And uh, I'm delighted to say You've won that Heineken hamper Worth over £100 And you're in the draw To potentially be upgraded To the pair of tickets To see Scotland take on Croatia At Hamden in nine days time How good is that? Spot on Absolutely Brilliant, we've set you up for the week You can go and enjoy the game tomorrow And you might even be there Make sure you give us a call And let us know how it goes If it is you I love that The Roger Hanna Bonanza Hugh Keevans You're just jealous You can't win the tickets I can understand why you Get confused over the European final Because McTominay and Gilmer But when they said Born Lan- in Lancaster Lancaster's the one yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah but bear in mind though It's not just Scotland players It could be anyone at the tournament 
Oh, really? Yeah, but, ah. yeah, but how many players for Lancaster <laughs> have played in the European Cup final Ma- this season? Ma- Dude, I don't know when Mason Mount was born. I don't know when Mason Mount was born. It could, you know, I can understand the guys. They were, they were. You, you were talking about Steve. I see, I lived, I lived near Lancaster. Feelings we into it. That's what these. Got guys I lived. I lived. Well, I lived near Lancaster. Um, Lytham, it's not hundred miles away, so I'm Is that thinking. based. So go on then, right? Give us an insight, both of you. I mean, brave heart for one. Gary Caldwell. What would we say? Fifty-five Scotland caps. Scotsman living in England ahead of this tournament. I'll go first because I'll be short and sharp. <laughs> but <laughs> don't swear. Remember, you said you promised me no, earlier. It's absolutely brutal. But <laughs> to be fair because of the Gaza goal in 96 and I think people think that I don't sleep at night and I've got issues with my life because that (laughs) happened well there's nothing further from the truth because talking about that game and what happened um, in my career in my whole career virtually I've never seen as many men upset after a game of football in that dressing room really Uh, oh and talk about forget the goal the Gaza goal because we we were getting beat 1-0 anyway should I take him out and I miss the next game? Should I take the red? We're 1-0 down anyway. He might miss. Now that's going through your mm-hmm. head at a time. You've got a split second, Gary. You've got a split second to make that decision. Decided not to. Um, but after the game, the penalty miss, Yuri Geller, he's, he's having his <laughs> shout at things as well. And you're thinking, hold on a minute. But no, I've, um, that was, the in my career, that was the most upsetting and disappointing really? time. So talking tears and... Oh, the full, full on, match, full yeah. on, full on. I wouldn't name names, but there's, I mean, mm-hmm. it was just yeah. that. The press corps went back to Warwick after that game at Wembley. Yeah, Leamington. Yeah, and uh, the, the, the stress, you know, we, we always described as fans with typewriters and all the rest of it in the, the Scotland context. It used to be obligatory when Scotland played England that every Scottish reporter in the press box, whether it was Hamden or Wembley, you had to wear tartan. Well, it was a scarf, a tie. You wouldn't have got away with a replica kit, but you had to wear tartan. But back Did you just go for a wee tartan piece of underwear? Tartan waistcoat. It was a, a snooker player. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I was, go, I was going to say, I was going to say tartan <laughs> thong, and I just couldn't bring myself. He just looked at me, and I thought, I, can't, I just can't, I just can't make that joke. But we went back to Warwick, and we were having dinner in the hotel, and the upset there as well was so that people were mm. raging, and two, two were invited to leave the dining room by the manager of the hotel. Seriously? Yeah, because they were getting too noisy and they were streperous. Did you just uh, go straight to bed? No, no, no. I don't. <laughs> right, you must be kidding. A gentleman of a certain vintage, a large red. Are you kidding me on? Right, Gary Caldwell, what about you? Uh, proud Scotsman, Scotland International, living in England. Have you been trying to keep it under wraps or are you, are you going for it? No, I'm going for it, yeah. I had uh, seven mates down last uh, Friday uh, for a little mini Ryder Cup. Scotland v England golf tournament Lovely. where I got Scotland flags salt tyre line rampant line the lot they came down we did lose that but uh, we're obviously hoping we win the next one and I got more flags for the house for the kids because I remember in 98 uh, with my big brother and my dad uh, we put flags outside the window and we had all the family at the house we've got my mum and dad have still got pictures we all had strips on my grandda was about about 80 year old and they had one of our old strips on uh, and it was amazing so I got I got the flags to the house and uh, my partner now is English <laughs> and she's when she seen them arrive for Amazon she said what are they I said they're flags and she said what are you doing with them I said they're going out the window next Friday 
And she said, you can't put them out the window. I said, well, you better stop me then because I'm doing it. And she said, well, I'll get some England ones. I said, you can do what you want, but these are going outside the window. So there'll be Scotland and England flags flying from, from our house, a, a mixed household. But uh-huh. really looking forward to watching it with the kids. Oh, can't wait. 01419511025 if you want to share your pre-match thoughts with the guys. Like I said earlier on, it would be great to hear from someone who's going to the game. Unfortunately, that won't be as many people as we would have liked. But if you've got a ticket, you're going along. How are you feeling about it? If not, what are your plans? I want to hear the weird and wonderful plans you've got lined up for tomorrow to watch the game. And worth bearing in mind that every caller that makes it through to the show goes into the draw to win a retro Scotland shirt from Greaves Sports. We're doing that every night that Scotland are still in the Euros. Good time to call 01419511025 and you could be up next.